Welcome to Declaration, where we exist to help people encounter and follow Jesus. Here at Declaration, we believe that God has a word for you and for your family, to live a life of fullness and to be faithful to Christ and His church. If you want to know more about who we are at Declaration Church, then I highly encourage you to visit declaration.org. All right, all right. Good morning, Declaration family. Can we, uh, man, celebrate the worship uh, that we just experienced with our worship team? Can we just thank the Lord for the gifts and talents that have been presented here on stage to them? And I'm so, so, so thankful for that team, and I'm going to brag on them all the time. So you'll hear me brag on that team all the time. Uh, well, hey, let's take a moment, and we're going to dismiss our DC 5-6ers. DC 5-6, let's clap for them. Bless them on the way out. Thank you so much. And keep clapping. We're going to welcome our online family. Online family, thank you for joining us today. Um, man, can we pray this morning before we get started? Let's pray. Lord, we just are so thankful to be in your house this morning. Thank you so much for the winds of Holy Spirit and revival that we're seeing in our country right now. Lord, would you continue to, to blow? Lord, breathe your breath on us. Lord, we ask that in Jesus' name. God, that that would come and make its way to Houston. And God, we would see just an incredible revival and join in with our brothers and sisters uh, around the world and right here in the United States. Father, we, we just thank you for our DC 5-6ers and, and the teams who lead them. We thank you for our kids' ministry, and thank you so much for this family that it's uh, online and in the house this morning. Lord, um, speak to us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. I'm Daniel. I'm one of your pastors here. I know I don't look like John, so although he's a man to want to look like, he's a handsome young man. Um, hey, uh, you know, I bought new socks the other day. Who, who likes having new socks? You wear new socks every day. Yeah, right? I was down at the local mom and pop shop, Costco. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Heard of it but, and they have this huge mound in the center of like all these like fresh looking socks. And I was like, Melody, I need to get some new socks. You know, I was like thinking, when was the last time I actually bought new socks? And I was thinking, when was Lawson born? Was that like five years? The five years? Some of y'all measure clothes by like who was in office at that point. Like who was the president? It's like, let's see, President uh, Bush Jr. That's right. Yeah, that's the last time I bought underwear or socks, right? So some of us have underwear and socks that are older than our kids, you know? Melody actually told me that she quietly throws my things away without telling me. I, I was shocked. I was shocked. And, she's, and I was like, why are you throwing my stuff away? She's like, because it looked terrible. It was worn out. And I'm just doing you a solid, you know, doing you a favor. So let's be honest, you know, who all in here um, has clothing in their closets or drawers that's 10 to 15 years old? Yeah, okay. Okay, all right. Well, you're not alone, so hang on. Yeah, sting them, hornets. Right. Hey, here we go. We got, some, we got alumni in here. That's right. Yeah, 03, 04, right? 04, 04, okay. Well, this is my Letterman jacket, yes. I got it 20 years ago, this, this, uh, this year, yeah, May, 20 years ago. And uh, believe it or not, I never got to wear this jacket. I got it May, my senior year, in Texas. You don't wear wool jackets in May in Texas. So it was like, I'm never gonna wear that. We got it, and I don't know what happened, the, the order got lost, but I'm gonna wear it today for you, so... So, but you know, I got this jacket. I got this jacket when I was 17 years old, and it represented the, kind of the pinnacle of, of what I had accomplished at that point in my life, right? And uh, but but I don't wear it anymore. Why don't I wear it anymore? Because it's not who I am, right? It's not who it doesn't represent really my life or who I am anymore. Um, 
So clothing can represent all kinds of things in our lives. You know, like where we, where we work and if we work out, what kind of music we listen to. You can wear your favorite band across your shirt, you know. Have you ever put on a set of clothes? Look at yourself in the mirror, you walk out and it's like, you know, like this is like, this is like my favorite set. You walk out in your jeans, you're like, dude, what is going on with these jeans today? Right, they don't fit, they don't fit right, you know? And so you're like, you realize you look in the mirror and you're like, I need to get rid of this. So you, you, put, it, you put it in the closet, you hang it up, put it in the drawer. You know, you buy, you buy new clothes all the time because you realize, oh man, I've grown or uh, this is in, in style anymore, it's worn out or, or it's just maybe it's just not who you are, right? Like this jacket, I'm, I'm not gonna wear this jacket again. Actually, what's really funny is I was putting this jacket on, I reached in my pocket and I found, I found something in my pocket. This is a, uh, my buddy's band uh, was playing a show and uh, it's a handwritten invitation to uh, my buddy's show at the, old, at, the, uh, at the pit on campus. Yeah, I missed it. Yeah, I might've been there. I went to a lot of shows there. Uh, but why do we keep clothes in our closet that don't fit? What's the point, right? We, we, we see them and, and like, look, I've got 10 shirts hanging in my closet right now. You go to my house, you ask my wife, 10, 10 shirts, you know, it's like maybe one day, maybe next year. No, be real with yourself. You're never gonna wear that Magellan shirt that's three sizes too big for you, right? You will never, or the little stain. Oh, you know what, I'll wash it one day. I'll get a shout pen, I'll wash it out. No, you will not, I won't. So I, like, I have to force myself to like grab the trash bag and take it to the donate and the, right? So that's what we do. So, so again, you know, we, we got all kinds of stuff. I gotta take this off now, cause it's wool and, and, it's, and it's hot. So I'm gonna take it off real quick, hang on, hold, hold with me. So, you know, we've been in this incredible story of Joseph and uh, can anybody relate to this story? Anybody, anybody in the house like me? I've, I've been able to re- relate to this story. Um, you know, we go through seasons and jo- Joseph has gone through these crazy seasons. And, um, you know, I just want to, I want to, re- I want to recap just a little bit, uh, from where we left off last week. So get your Bibles out. We're going to move a little fast. So we're going to be starting Genesis 39 at the end of 39, starting in verse 23. We're going to move into uh, ch- uh, chapter 40 and 41. So we're going to move a little quick this morning because there's a lot of ground to cover. Um, but let's just jump in here. So last week, Pastor John saw that Joseph was was either getting a cloak put on him or taken off of him, right? Um, When his brothers betray him, take his coat of many colors, throw him into a pit. Then he's sold into slavery twice by the Ishmaelites, then to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's top officials, and given a new cloak as his top man and put over everything Potiphar owned, right? Then Potiphar's wife strips him of his cloak, accused him of sleeping with her. Potiphar sends him to prison, guilty until proven innocent. Bro is now in prison clothes. He's got a new... cloak on, right? He's in prison clothes. And remember, what did we see in all this? In, at every turn, what, what did we see in scripture? It says, and the Lord is with him and the Lord prospered him, even in the worst circumstances, right? The Lord blessed all that Potiphar had and the warden gave him a favor because the spirit of God was on him. So remember Potiphar's wife, and can we talk about something real quick? I looked up on the internet machine the other day. Uh, what, is, what is Potiphar's wife's name? Anybody, any guesses on what Potiphar's wife's name is? Zuleika. Scholars think that her name is Zuleika. Not relevant. I just wanted to know what it was. I thought I'd share it today. Okay, we'll move on. Um, she waited until all the servants were out of the house. She grabbed Joseph by the cloak, tried to force him to sleep with her. He ran the opposite direction, right? He said, because he was not willing to compromise his identity. Joseph said to Potiphar's wife, Zuleika, how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? He never took his focus off of his duty to Potiphar and the dream and the promise that God had given him. 
Um, he says what first? He didn't want to sin against God. He never placed the focus on himself. So he never put himself in a position that he didn't belong, right? That wasn't his place in the household. Um, so we're going to move here to Genesis 20, uh, uh, chapter 39, verse 23 says this. Uh, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. God was totally aware of everything that Joseph was walking through, right? Again, because why do we know this? Because at every turn, it says, and the Lord was with him. So it wasn't, this wasn't a surprise. Like, Joseph, you know, God was like, oh, Joe, I'm sorry, bro. Like, you're in prison. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that that was going to happen to you. No, he absolutely knew what was happening to him the whole time, and the Lord was with him, right? So, okay, so now we're in prison clothes. Got a new cloak on. A new identity is given to Joseph. He is now a, con- a convicted felon under the law, awaiting trial, guilty until proven innocent, and he had no rights. He was a slave. But the Lord was with him in all he did. The warden, the warden had put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners, and um, he'd been in prison for some time now. And so now we're moving to chapter 40 here. The chief baker and the cupbearer come to prison, right? So uh, he had been in prison for some time, and now he's been given the task to attend to these two new prisoners, prisoners the, 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 the cupbearer and the, the baker. And now these guys were two officials uh, from Pharaoh's court. And, um, and now these, you know, the, what, what the cupbearer did and what the baker did, the cupbearer was the person who tasted all of the food and, 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 and drink uh, before the king got it. So he was kind of like, you know, volunteer tribute or whatever, right? So if, he, if there was poison in it, he was going to die and not the king. So that was a really important position in the court. And then the baker, of course, made all the food. Um, so after they'd been in prison for some time, uh, the, the baker and the cupbearer have a dream. So in Genesis 40, uh, starting verse 6, it says, When Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, Why do you look so sad today? Well, we both had dreams, they answered, but there was no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. Joseph could have very easily turned the focus on himself at this point, but he said, do not interpretations belong to God? He kept the focus in the right place. It wasn't his place. He kept the focus in the right place, right? So in verse nine, it says, so the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches, as soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, I squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put them in, the, uh, in Pharaoh's hand, put the cup in his hand. So then Joseph says, well, this is what it means. Verse 12, he says, Joseph said to him, the three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. So in verse 14, it says, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. He was begging, man. He'd been in this prison, didn't know when he was going to get out. Guilty until, until proven innocent, right? Could you imagine? Just no rights. Like you think about some, something, you get, you get a ticket. Okay, you have rights. You have, you, had, he, you have more rights getting a ticket than this guy had in his position, right? So I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Okay, now, so we're moving to verse 16. All right, the baker. The baker has a dream. What does he say? He says, the baker, seeing that he had given the cupbearer a favorable interpretation, said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread, and the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of my basket on my head. This is what Joe says. 
Joseph says, this is what it means. Joseph said, three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head and pale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Baker was like, ha, 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 ha. That's a good one, Joe. What, but what does it really mean? What's that really mean? You know, could you imagine Joseph was like, yeah, hey, buddy, let's just, let's just walk over here. Uh, have you heard about my Hebrew God? Can I tell you about my Hebrew God? Joseph had been in prison, wrong accused for some time now. Joseph still chooses to point to his father in heaven. So scripture then goes on to tell us, on the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and then the dream was so interpreted by Joseph. Pharaoh called the baker, cupbearer to his court. He pardoned the cupbearer and executed the baker. Then we see in uh, verse 23, it says, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. So now in the story, two years have passed, right? Joseph is still in prison, probably feeling pretty terrible, uh, probably completely forgotten about God, probably maybe, if not the lowest point, maybe, one of the, maybe the lowest point in his life. Does God forgotten me? I'm here all in prison. At the beginning of chapter 41, Pharaoh now has a dream, right? So now let's move to 41. I told you we're going to move quick, y'all. There's a lot of ground to cover. Um, in chapter, Pharaoh, uh, chapter 41, Pharaoh now has a dream that he desperately needs interpreted. Highly distraught over his dream, he sends out for all of his magicians and wise counsel, but no one could interpret his dream. So in verse 8, we see in the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dream, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, today I'm reminded of my shortcomings. He's remembering, right? He's remembering Joseph. He says, Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me, and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was, I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. So watch this. Pharaoh sent for Joseph, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon where he had been shaved, changed his clothes. He came before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Sometimes our most important opportunities will come when we least expect them, right? Joseph all of a sudden says, hey, the king's calling your name. You, you, let's go. You, you got to get up. Probably no explanation. Get up, get, get clean, shave, new clothes, right? So Joseph was brought hastily before the king. He didn't have time to prepare. Now brought before the king of Egypt, Pharaoh asked Joseph, no one can interpret this dream. Will you interpret it? Dude, this is what Joseph says. He says, I cannot do it. Verse 16, I cannot do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. Again, focus, focus, focus. He never took his eyes off the promise and the dream that he had been given, right? Pharaoh then goes on to describe his dream. Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, this is verse 17, in my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile when out of the river, river came up seven cows, fat and sleek. They grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, uh, the lean ugly cows ate up the first uh, fat cows, seven fat cows and came up, uh, that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. He looked, uh, they looked just as ugly as before. And then uh, Pharaoh had a second portion of the dream, verse 22. It says, in my dream, I saw seven heads of grain, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin and scorched by the east wind, thin heads of grain swallowed up by the seven good heads. I told this to the magicians, but none of them could explain it to me. Joseph goes on to tell Pharaoh, 
God has shown you in, in his dream, in your dream, what he's about to do. There'll be seven years of great abundance and seven years of great famine. The reason that you have been given this dream is that it's firmly been decided by God. Pharaoh, you need to find the wisest among you and appoint commissioners to be in charge of storing up all the grain and harvesting during the seven years of abundance. So that when this famine comes, you will have a reserve to take care of your people. So, verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom the spirit of God is? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one as so discerning as you and as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. All of my people are to submit to your orders with only respect to the throne. Will I be greater than you? Does this sound familiar? This is what happened at Potiphar's house. It's what happened in the prison. And now he's in the court of the king, right? Going to be second in command. Boom, boom, right? So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge in the whole of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took off his signet, signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command, and people shouted before him, make way, make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Hey, Joseph had to walk through some stuff to get here, didn't he? Why didn't God just take him from age 17 with his letterman jacket and put him next to the king? Why didn't he just do that? What had to happen over these 13 years, right? This is, he's age 30 now, okay? 17 to 30. All right, Psalm 66. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. Has anybody ever, anybody ever heard the process of refining silver? So the refiner would take the cauldron, put the pieces of unrefined, you know, mined silver in this cauldron, get it as hot as, you know, super hot, right? Melt it all down. But he had to reheat the silver over and over and over because what would happen is the impurities would burn off and come to the top. And that's called the dross. And so the refiner would then take a, a, a metal rod and scrape off the dross, reheat it. Okay, still impurities coming out, not as many. Scrape it off, throw it away. Seven times. And, and the, the silversmith knew that by the time that I, he could see his face in the silver, he knew it was pure. 99% pure. So too is how God treats us. We go through the refiner's fire and he burns off impurities, right? Could you imagine age 17, coat of many colors to, to the standing by the king? No. God had to do a work in him. God had to, had to put him in the refiner's fire to burn off the dross that needed to be gone, Right? Verse 11 of Psalm 66 says, you brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. Verse 12 says, you let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. And be careful not to assume that word abundance means wealth. Read it as, you brought us to a place of substance and of meaning and importance. God wanted to do a great work, right? He wanted his life to be a testimony to us of reliance on God, but God wanted to burn those impurities off, take those, take those uh, impurities off, the dross off. So from his father's house, the dream that he had, stripped of his birthright, sold into slavery, sent him to prison for a crime he did not commit, now seated at the right hand of the king of Egypt and wearing the signet ring, which the signet ring basically means that a checkbook to the entire country. He could do and spend however he wanted to, the whole land. 
New robes of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck. King, the king said, take off those prison clothes. That's not where you belong. You don't belong there. You belong next to me. God had a plan. And Joseph didn't quit. Joseph is like, is the epitome of Romans 8.28, right? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, not some things, in all things, he went through hell to get to where he is now, right, in the story. Joseph had to walk through some hard seasons, but the word tells us uh, God was with him the whole time. His whole life up to this point, God was doing something he couldn't see. And the setbacks were the setup, right, as, as John has told us. Setbacks were the setup. He was in the refiner's fire the entire time. Now listen, church, when we reject the refiner's fire, we are abdicating the anointing God has for us. God has to do a work in you. Listen, press in, press in, right? God is doing something. God is more concerned with our development than our comfort. And also, we got to stop comparing ourselves to other people's success, right? Everyone's on a different timeline. The process looks different for everybody. And, and by what standard are we even measuring success, right? It's like, are we measuring success by the Americanized version of success or what it is that God is, is wanting in and through us, right? Often our view of success is dictated by our culture and how much money we have in our bank account and how much stuff that we'll never use in our closets and in our garages, right? Can I tell you a secret? You and I are always in a season of refinement. None of us have arrived. God has a work to do in all of us. It just looks different for some people, right? 13 years from age 17 until Pharaoh put the signet ring on Joseph's finger at age 30. Hold on, God is working. Just takes a little time, right? We have to press in. You know, if you're in the middle of refinement, stay there. Trust me, it's for our own good that God would put us through it. Um, I'm gonna invite the band to come back up. If you'll make your way back up, band. One thing that really stood out to me in this section of scripture was this. In Genesis 41, verse 45, it says, Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zapanath Paneah and gave him Asina, Asina, excuse me, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On. The king called him up and gave him a new name. Scholars believe that the name Pharaoh gave Joseph, Zapanath Paneah, translated means the God speaks and he lives. Look at that. God can use anyone and anything, can't he? He used Pharaoh. Your King Jesus wants to give you a new name. Many times we put on coats that God never told us to put on. What if I never took off this coat? Right? What if I held on to this, like this is who I am, the pinnacle of, of everything I'm going to accomplish? The coat that I put on at age 17, and I said, no, 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 I'm not. One, it'd be weird, because I'm 37. Okay, and you guys would be like, bro, put it down, okay? <laughs> Seriously. But, right? I mean, we hold on to things for too long. Melody has asked me several times, you want to donate that thing? I don't know why I wanted to keep it. Maybe it's because God had a plan for me to use it today. Real, honestly, I don't, have any, I don't have any emotional attachments to it. I really don't. Other than it's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of cool, guys, right? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for affirming me. <laughs> Listen, many of us carry around things that God told us to let go years ago, right? We keep ourselves in a prison that God gave us the keys to, right? Identities that we wear that he said, 
You were never supposed to pick those up and put them on. I just want to declare freedom. Today, if you need freedom, if you're stuck in an identity that you think, this is who I'm supposed to be, this is how I'm supposed to perform, that's not what God called you to. God has an identity for you. God has a cloak for you. The things that are keeping us from seeing what it is that God has in store for us, right? That's not who you are, son, daughter. That's not who you are. God is saying, look to me. Look at me. You know, we can only see the hem, right? We can only see the hem of the garment, right? As scripture says, but God can see the whole coat, right? He can see the whole letterman jacket, right? Like the, the coat that you're gonna wear, the identity you're gonna wear, he can see the whole thing. We, we can only see the edges of it. Would you do me a favor? Would you, would you bow, your, bow your heads and close your eyes? I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know. This could mean all kinds of things to you. Um, but if, if the Holy Spirit is stirring in your heart and you're wearing something that someone put on you, a hurt, a disappointment, a failure, a failed marriage, relationships. You have the freedom to take those off today at the altar. And guess what? God's not mad at you. He's not. He He wants what's good for you. He wants you to walk in freedom and the things he's called you to do. We got to empty out those closets, those spaces in our hearts, the things that we put there that don't belong there. God said, throw them away. They don't belong there. I have a better coat for you. Has God given you a dream? Just like he gave Joseph. Would you ask God to remind you? Maybe today you need to accept that identity of Christ for the first time in your life by trusting Jesus. God has a new identity for you. He wants you to take those things off. If that is you, I want to give you the opportunity. If you need to accept Jesus for the first time, I want to give you that opportunity to lay down the things at the feet of Jesus and pick up the promises and the freedom that faith through Jesus offers. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I'm going to invite our prayer partners to get in place. Thank you. There they are. They're already in place. If you need prayer this morning or you need to make a decision, the altar is open. We call it the altar because this is where sacrifices are made. If you need to come up and lay down a sacrifice, please do. Um, but let's move now. Let's do business with the Lord. If you need to do that this morning, let's move and uh, let's worship. Thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe today you need to take the next step in your faith, whether that be giving your life to Christ or maybe you would like prayer and need to be contacted by one of our pastors. In the podcast description, you will find a link to our website and a link to an online connection card. And if you feel led, there will also be a link there where you can give directly to the ministries of Declaration Online. We would love to hear from you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.